Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. I think it's great to kind of start with something a bit, a little bit maybe humorous. I say maybe, but we'll see how we go. I think God has a sense of humor, and hopefully this might, uh, might remind us of that. All right, there was a meeting of the church board immediately after the service announced by the pastor. And after the close of the service, the church board gathered at the back of the church for the announced meeting. But there was a stranger in their midst, a visitor who had never attended the church before. My friend, said the pastor, didn't you understand that this is a meeting of the board? Yes, said the visitor. And after today's sermon, I suppose I'm about as bored as anyone who ever came to this meeting. (laughs) I like that. That was good. Anyone like that? Yeah. You know the hardest thing for me every Sunday is to find a joke? It is literally the hardest. Writing the message is easy compared to finding a joke. And if you ever see me on the front row on my phone during the offering, it's because I'm trying to find a joke. There's a bit of an insight for you. All right, let's look at the scripture right now. Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. It's a scripture as a church we know well, um, and it's a cornerstone scripture. We do want to welcome our podcast listeners. Um, We pray you're blessed today wherever you are in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 6. Can you hear me okay? Yep, cool. Verse 9 says this. It says, and it's Jesus speaking. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, we worship your name. Your kingdom come and that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's just pray. Father, we just pray that prayer right now. We just honor your name. And we thank you for your goodness, Father God. We thank you for your kindness. And this morning I pray, just as your scripture declares, that your will will be done in this place on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I pray that you would touch the hearts of your people. I pray that a roar of revival would rise up in our spirits and that you would have your way in this place, Lord Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Fantastic. We had a great meeting on Wednesday night, our heart and soul meeting, which is basically a gathering of uh, leaders um, who represent the core, I guess, of running the, help run the church. And, and we talked about the vision for this year, and the Holy Spirit was really faithful on Wednesday night. We just saw a great touch of God, and uh, today's going to be a part two of that. And we spoke about what God is wanting to do this year, and, and I've been thinking about it for a while, and Charlotte has been thinking about it, and we're thinking, you know, it's Vision Sunday, and what is the Holy Spirit you want to do? And we want to make sure as a church we're led by the Holy Spirit, and, um, and I just felt like in my heart, it was just like God was saying, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Double down on what you're already doing. I'm already doing a work, but it's time to go deeper in what I'm doing. And so this theme came to our hearts, and the theme for this year is this. It's called the Raw of Revival. In last year's vision service, we talked about um, the raw. We talked about growing in your godly confidence knowing who you are and what you bring. But I feel like corporately there is a a call and a grace from the Holy Spirit that as a church we would understand that we have a raw, corporately as a church, 
and that we would be a roar of revival. If you have your Bibles to the Revelation chapter 14, Revelation 14, verse 2. When you got it, why don't you tell me you've got it? Awesome. All those on their phones are in there. Revelation 14, 2. Anyone a fan of the paper Bible? Yeah? I love the paper Bible. I love just, just feeling the texture of paper as I read. When we go on holidays, I don't like reading on my phone. I get, I buy, I'm one of the guys that buys from the airport bookstore the books I'm going to read, and Charlotte hates it because I always buy all these books and I never read half of them. <laughs> so, anyway, Revelation chapter 14, verse 2 says, um, speaking about heaven, it says, And I heard a tremendous sound coming out of heaven. Now, do you know there is a sound of heaven? Yeah. On earth as it is in heaven. That's our anointing. That's our grace zone. I heard a tremendous sound coming out of heaven like the roar of a waterfall and like the ear-splitting sound of a thunderclap, the sound of music that I heard was like the sound of many harpers playing their harps, and they were singing a wonderful new song before the throne in front of the four living creatures and in front of the 24 elders. I heard a tremendous sound coming from heaven like the roar of a waterfall, the ear-splitting sound of a thunder. You see, we have to realize today that heaven has a sound. And it's not just a quiet little sound, it's a roar. Yeah. It's a mighty, powerful roar. Yeah. As a church, do you realize that we have a sound? Yeah. You have a sound. In your spirit, you have a sound. And it isn't a little peep squeak type sound, yeah. it is a mighty, mighty roar yeah. of a waterfall. Yeah. Anyone been to Niagara Falls here? Yeah, a few people. Now, you would say that that isn't a tiny little noise. That is a mighty roar. Hey, why don't we take the whole church to Niagara Falls for a second? On the screen, obviously. Um, so, Benny, why don't you just show that clip? And feel free to just to crank it up a little bit. Well, can you go to minute one? Uh, one minute into it. Can you turn it up a bit more? Let's make it roar. Look at that. Amazing. All right, thanks, Ben. You're good. Did it sound like a roar to you? Yeah. Was it loud out there? Yeah. Too loud? People are crying right now. <laughs> I 
In Matthew chapter 7, verse 38, it says, it says, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Rivers of living water will flow from within you. Turn to your neighbor and say, There's a river in you. There's a river in you. There is a mighty river that flows within the heart of a Christian. Often, if you're a Christian here, what happens is when you're first saved and you experience the grace of God and you're completely broken before him, it's like you have this free-flowing river. It's like, God, I'll give you anything. This is amazing. Oh, church, I can't wait. You're here early. I can't, the scripture, I can't wait. To, this is the word of God and there's this wow and amazement and awe. But sometimes if you're a Christian for a while, who knows that life has an ability to start to put some dams up in that wall. You get hurt. You get disappointed. You don't understand something. And all of a sudden we start to put little dams up and the mighty flow of God starts to become less and less and less and we become Christians great in our heads but in here in our spirit the roar has dissipated. And so we come to church and churches are full of Christians who have no real power or miracles in their life because they've lost the ability to see the power of the Holy Spirit flow from their innermost being and instead they're great at debating theology but they're bad at executing the reality of the kingdom. That's why people don't want to go to church. That's why we have churches half empty. That's why there's this boredom when it comes to, oh, church, the roof will cave in if I go to church. Anyone heard that one? I've heard that one. Come to church, the roof will cave in. In other words, I'm too evil for church. No, no, church is where you need to be. But it's because Christians become so judgmental. We become so clicky. And as a church and a celebration church, I just want to say we want to be a church that has arms wide open. We want to be a church that says we invite the sick and the hurting to come into our, into our, in our, our sanctuary. We, we invite those who don't know Christ, those who don't have all the answers, those who are on their journey of salvation. Let you, you are welcome here. We are not a clicky club church. Don't be the person who sits in the same seat every week with the same people. You're part of a clicky club. Have an extra chair. My youth pastor growing up taught me, if you sit with your friends after youth, always have an extra chair in the group. So that if someone new comes, they can join the group. And what happens is when we allow God to deal with the dams of our heart, the water will flow freely and the power of God will move in a city. Can I hear an amen? And the thing is this, this is so exciting. You might have a river, you do have a river in you, but you imagine that river we just saw, the Niagara Falls, has three different waterways coming into one. And look at the power of it. We have hundreds of people in our church. Imagine if corporately we joined together in unity what God could do when it comes to seeing a move in a mighty river in our city. Now, the Shalhaven River is there, and if you go up the river, you can see, if, if they drain that river, you can see how deep it goes, and you see where water has caused a change in the landscape. I want to encourage you that there is a mighty river of revival that God has called us to carry, that we have to realize what we carry. There is a mighty roar of revival. Unity is the key 
when it comes to revival. Unity within our church. We talk about inter-church unity, and I'm all for that. But we have to actually start in this room. When the person across from you offends you, when someone upsets you, are you good at reconciling? Are you good at fighting for your brother, not with your brother? And that sounds very simple, but we have to be really different to the world with this, where people just walk away from things because it's too hard. No, we're going to fight for each other. And people join our church and we say, you know what, your, maybe your physical family was dysfunctional, but we're going to show you that, you know, on earth as it is in heaven, we're going to show you a family that, hey, we still hurt each other, but we forgive. We still step on each other's feet sometimes, but we're going to fight for each other. That is revival preaching. Because we have to remember the grace in which we came from. The forgiveness of him who saved us from sin. The fact that he gave us and he, he took us from the Mary clay and set our feet upon the rock. The fact that he gave us a new start. I just pray that our church would be a church where we never forget the grace of God. There are too many Christians who have forgotten about the grace. And you know it because they're so judgmental. They're the ones who critique everything. Ever met a critiquing Christian? Hey, we're saved by grace. We're saved by grace. We, we, that's, that's, that's our portion. I know what it's like. I've been a Christian since I was four years old. But as a Christian, I know what it's like to fall over and feel like every bone in my body broke. I know what it's like to make mistakes. I know what it's like to feel unworthy of God and church and people. I know what it's like to hurt people unintentionally and to go, God, I need your forgiveness. And I also know what it's like to feel God pick me up from the broken place and to put me back together and to say, Benaiah, your mistakes don't define you. I define you. My anointing and love defines you. And he puts my feet back on the rock. I will preach this to the day I die because I understand that it's not about me critiquing other Christians. It's about me receiving his amazing grace. And imagine if the church would rise up and say, I will remember where I came from so that I don't get complacent with where I am today. (laughs) Maybe some of us here today need to remember where we came from. Maybe it will give us appreciation for what God is doing. But as a church, if we become that in our hearts, what happens is we become a very healthy church. Because we're not all stuffy Christians. We're not all stagnating Christians. We are people who know the grace of the Father's love. And we understand that it's a privilege to worship him. It is an honor to lift up his holy name. It is a beautiful thing and a privilege to come to church. We open the Bibles and scriptures as though it's our right. I'm telling you, it's a powerful thing. And when you have that heart, it causes honour towards God. You see, God's called us to be a church that cultivates and walks in revival power. Can I hear an amen? Yeah, we believe that. But you have to understand something. You have to understand that the Israelites in the Old Testament would often forget about the works of God and the miracles of God. And they would become complacent because what they had in in their midst they became familiar with. And when you become familiar and they think, oh, that's just the manna. That's just the cloud of fire. Oh, when we crossed the Red Sea, oh, yeah, that was back in the day. And they started getting complacent and familiar, and then that's when they started turning to idols. 
And then you fast forward to the New Testament and you see Jesus there and he's doing miracles in his hometown. And it says that people started saying, oh, that's just Jesus. That's just Joseph's son. And it said that it went from revival power miracles to he couldn't do much there. Because there was a complacency. And what complacency is, is treating what is holy as normal. Or a better way to say it is treating what is holy as common. Yeah, heaven is our normal, but we can't become familiar and say, oh, that's just what we do. That's just the church we go to. That's just the pre- that's just Beniah. Oh, that's just Nat on the stage. Oh, that's just, and we, and we have this toxic spirit which actually rejects revival culture because God won't move in a familiar zone. So what I'm trying to say is this. If we're going to be the roar of revival, we have to understand we carry a roar. We have to actually firstly realize we carry a roar and secondly realize it's our responsibility to cherish what we currently carry. There's a reason why the Holy Spirit came as a dove and rested on Jesus. It's because a dove can be quite flighty and Jesus had to walk in his life going, I'm going to be aware of the dove. I'm going to be aware of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit's doing. We have to understand this morning, church, that we have to always fight familiarity with the things of God. And as Aussies, we can fight this because it's our right to go to church. It's not against the law. We have so much access to Scripture. YouTube, you can watch whatever you want. There's so much access as Aussies. We have so much potential blessing we can partake of, but we have to realize that unless we understand what is in our hand is holy, we actually start to not to cherish what God's given us. So what I'm trying to say is this. You and I currently carry a grace and an anointing with the roar of revival power. And this morning, I want to make sure our hearts are just set properly when it comes to this year to say we will see and position our hearts into a place of carrying the holiness of what God has called us to bring. Does that make sense? Because what we carry as a church is for the nations. We are a well of refreshing for nations. We know that. We've preached about that. But unless we understand that what is in our hands today is precious and therefore are extremely thankful, we will never be able to step in to what God has for us for the nations. I'm going to use some examples. We are an extremely blessed church. Like extremely blessed. And if you don't think so, go travel around and you'll see how blessed you are. Listen, we have, I think about things like this. Have you met Ange and Watto? Our kids are extremely blessed. Our worship team this morning isn't fussed about trying to entertain you. If you notice, they just want to lift up the name of Jesus. <laughs> I've been in churches and they, the, the, the singers are there singing to you. Stop singing to me. Look up. This isn't Dolly Parton time. Don't sing to me. <laughs> I don't, Dolly Parton, no. I don't, I'm not really a Dolly Parton. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Jolly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're blessed with our worship. We're blessed with our facilities here. We're blessed with the fact, you know, so many pastors say to me, because we don't have any debt as a church. What? 
to buy their first building, especially up in Sydney. They've got to spend millions of dollars to get into, you know, paying the bank back for years. And we're blessed by the previous generation who paid the price. <laughs> we're blessed with pastors and leaders who believe in lifting up the name of Jesus and aren't afraid to speak truth and aren't afraid to fight for this church. <laughs> aren't afraid to believe that God can touch our nation. And, 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 and you think about it as you go through the list in your mind of you know, the fact that the, and the presence of God is here. This morning I was in worship. I was, like, how? I was thinking because Charlotte was service leading. I was like, how is she going to do this? Like sometimes with our service leaders, I'm training them and I like, go up now. You've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit with what he's doing in the service. I thought, no, I'm going to let her do it. She's, she's, she's fine. But I thought, oh, it's tough this morning because God's presence is here. I mean, he's always here, but it's like really in a new way here. We can just keep worshipping. Jesus Christ, we magnify your life. And it's just like, where do you, how do you kind of segue into the next bit of the service with that? I love that that's our problem. <laughs> I love that you, you know, you're in a church that's unified. I've been in church when it hasn't been unified. It is terrible. You're in a church where people love each other. You're in a church where new people join and we are so genuinely stoked and we will talk to you. We travelled across America for three months visiting churches. 90% of the churches didn't even talk to us. And I walk in as though I'm, 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 walk in as though I'm not a Christian sometimes. No. How do you do that? <laughs> <coughs> we'll just walk in and no one knew who I was. The majority of churches, big churches sometimes, they, you just, no one even speaks to you. We, we, we do. We love, we genuinely love people. And when people get sick in our church, instead of everything being on the past and me having to do everything, I get told sometimes like a week later of, oh, this person's in the hospital and we've sent them flowers, we've visited them, we've got this person to send a card on behalf of the church. I'm like, what? I can just retire now. The church can just, I've, I've equipped the church now. I can just, that's my job. Because that is my job. It's to equip you. That's our job. That's what the Bible says. So, so we are blessed. But unless we understand that today, and you know that you, you, you've lost that when you start to get critical, when you start to get negative, when you start to complain. Because when you start to complain, think about the Israelites, what do they do? They'll get upset and they'll start complaining. And it never ended well. And so when it comes to the roar of revival, I want to encourage you, yes, God's saying, keep digging deeper. Keep digging the well deeper. There is a mighty river under the, under the ground that you're, you know, you're, you're gathering water from. But keep doing what you're doing. Last year, we saw more miracles last year than I have in years. Because you're going, let's believe for miracles. <laughs> oh, we are blessed as a church family. Lord, we thank you for everything you're doing. We thank you for amazing people. We thank you that... You know, there is a spirit of unity in your house. We thank you that we have a team that cares and believes in our church. We thank you that we have volunteers. Oh, we have people coming out every week. There's a couple of couples who said one day a week we're going to give just the property at church here. And if you're noticing, everything's slowly just getting better around the place. And, and if you can do that, do it. It's just we're, we're, what they're doing. They're cherishing what God's given us. And we fight against the the familiar culture which exists in so many places, which is, I turn up to sit in my seat for my sake. And that's an immature way of thinking. 
It's not a aurora of revival. You know, it's, it's the difference between a convert and a disciple. Is a, a, a convert is all about them, but a disciple is about others. Yeah. And if you're writing notes, that's worth writing down, I tell you. And if you're a disciple, it's not actually just about you. And I want to encourage you, maybe 2020 is a year where you actually reevaluate your involvement, reevaluate your output. By the way, let me give you a bit of a secret. Everybody's busy. Everybody's busy in their head. Whether it's true or not, it's up to you to work out. I can speak to a 20-year-old who's living at home with their parents and working 20 hours a week, and they tell me how busy they are. And I can also speak to a, a mum who's looking after, you know, four kids at home and, you know, is working two jobs, and I, they're busy too. But they give more time than the 20-year-old sometimes. You see, well, by the way, I love that 20-year-olds. I'm just, I can pick on you guys because I love you. You only actually do a lot. So. But when it comes to like, your output this year, it's a new year. I mean, it's February, but it's still a new year. Maybe it's time to actually get involved with Connect. Maybe it's time to run a Connect. Maybe it's time to help serve on a Sunday here at church. Maybe it's time to start coming to the pre-service prayer meeting because you love prayer and setting the atmosphere of this place at 9 15, hey, you're going to lose 45 minutes of sleep or breakfast time, but that's okay. Because you're actually fighting for those who are broken, hurting, damaged, spiritual darkness, spiritual orphans and widows, those that the gospel says he came to save and set free. He didn't come for the healthy, he came for the sick. And what happens is we have people at 9 9 o'clock every Sunday praying over every seat. You know, the seat you're sitting on right now, someone prayed over it. Heartfelt, God, I pray for blessing, revival, breakthrough, miracles. And you get to just sit down and, whew, this is good. This seat's a bit warm. Well, it says someone's prayed for it. (laughs) So we're going to pray for you this morning. We're going to actually start the year with a fresh um, anointing. We're going to be actually anointing you with oil. Oil represents the Holy Spirit. Psalms talks about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And this morning we had a beautiful time pre-service where our oversight team who oversee the over, oversight of our church spiritually, we, we prayed for them and anointed them. And also they prayed for me and Charlotte and anointed us with oil. And it was a really special time. And, and, um, and this morning I just want to encourage you. Um, in a few minutes we're going to just ask you if you want to get prayer to come down. We're going to actually put some oil on your forehead. Don't worry, it's not too much. You have a little shiny patch right there for a while. And we're going to pray that the anointing of God and that the roar, the roar of revival would just rise up in your heart. And what I want you to take away from today is this. We need to, this morning, reposition our posture and our hearts to treat holy what God has given us. Not to be familiar or complacent or to treat things commonly which aren't, but to say, God, you have anointed our church with a divine mandate. You have anointed your people to bring a specific task to our city and to our nation, and we say yes, and we say we will treat it as though it is holy. Does that make sense? We will be thankful, and we will say yes to the call of God, even if that makes me uncomfortable. Because you know that often if you want to be used by God, it's going to make you uncomfortable. And don't live in the little box of comfort. As Aussies, we are always fighting to be in the box of comfort. We recently, when we were away, my parents came and stayed in our house. 
and we got back, um, and my mum and dad had been staying there, and there was this um, seat in the corner of our lounge room. And it just like, I don't know if there was like just the glory around it, but it was just like glow, it's just this, this halo around it. Uh, that's what I saw. My wife saw hideousness. She thought, has the devil been here? Because what is that? My wife is very minimalist. We like minimal design. Um, we don't like clutter. And basically it was like, um, and I was like, whoa, I can sit as a rocking chair. It was like a, a lazy boy rocking chair. It's old school. It's brown. It's great. It's not leather. It's fabric. All these things. And, and I just said to Charlotte, I said, listen, give me a few weeks. Just give me a few weeks in the chair. Until the baby comes, give me a... I'm slowly breaking her down so that we can keep it. And I tell you, when we're there watching Survivor at home, which is our show, we're there watching it and we're like, um, I know, they laugh, it's great. And we're there, and she's on the couch and I'm back in my rocking chair in the corner of the room just watching. Ah, oh, this is great. This is this fantastic. What did I tell that story for? Comfort, comfort. I'm fighting for my comfort. You know, I told you that I'm looking for a God chair. Remember that in the past? A chair I can sit down and that could be just, when I'm in that chair, that's me and God time. I haven't found one yet. So this is the, this is my, uh, this is the donkey that's carrying Jesus into the city. I don't know. Don't let comfort hold you back. <laughs> Think about the atmosphere of heaven. This is our mandate as a church. And if, if this is for your heart, then this is the right church for you. A church where there is freedom, there is genuine relationship with God and others, there is an overflow of joy, where there is grace and more grace, where there is life that flows through our church people, where there is love, where there is kindness. I love kindness. One of the greatest needs in our nation is kindness. Kindness sounds wussy, but it's very violent in the best possible way. It breaks down walls. It, it causes people to see the goodness of God. His kindness leads us to repentance. I'm very big on being a church that knows how to be kind because if we know how to be kind, genuinely kind to each other, our city will come because the city is looking for kindness. And sometimes Christians don't know how to show kindness. Yeah? And we get out of our Bible and we bash people with it. We need to actually, Jesus showed, hey, come to my house. I'm going to your house for dinner. Yeah. Come down from the tree. We're going out for dinner. We're hanging out. And there's kindness. And through that truth came. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit moves. Yeah. And we're very big on kindness as a, as a couple, of child and I. And we want to be a church that's full of his kindness. Yeah. We'll talk about that more. A church that loves God and loves people. A church that carries the reality of the supernatural. A church that's unified and fights for each other, not with each other. That includes new people in and says you're part of our growing family. That knows how to be generous and lift up the name of Jesus. Oh, what a great sounding church. But the great thing with all that is that you are that church. So let's just keep being that church. Yeah, let's keep being better at that. I love this scripture. Matthew 25, 21, Jesus, it's talking about the parable. It says, and Jesus is speaking, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and now I'll put you in charge of many things. 
Enter into the joy of your master. I love that because it's speaking about if we are faithful with what God's given us, church, what's he going to do? It's going to increase. When we are faithful with a personal roar of revival and together we become all different streams becoming a mighty river, which is what Sundays are for us, what happens is we become people who know how to be faithful with what God's given us. God has anointed you, church. Two minutes before we're going to pray for you. He has anointed you to be a mighty roar of revival on the south coast, on the east coast, and in the nation. Who has been a Christian for more than 10 years? Yeah, okay. So you, you know something. You know what it's like to go into somewhere where there is a fresh touch of God. And you know what it's like when you go into somewhere and God just really lines you up and you get overwhelmed with him. You know that there's thousands, tens of thousands, maybe even more in our nation, Christians who are parched, tired, lost their dreams, are broken, are disillusioned, who haven't had a fresh drink of water from God for many, many years. And they think back to the 90s revivals for when God last done that. Guess what? We're going to make that normal here. We are a river. We are a roaring river. And people will travel across our nation and beyond to sit in an atmosphere of heaven. (laughs) And and the thing is, this isn't a pipe dream. This is a dream that God says it's a reality. It's heaven. If we say yes, we will treat what you've given us as holy. We won't be complacent and familiar. We will say yes and be a part together in creating a place where heaven touches earth. And if that is your dream in your heart, then this is the place for you. Because we lived in a parched land. Spiritually, it's parched. God, we say yes. Just as the the rain is falling physically, let it rain spiritually. And let Nara be known as a city of joy and breakthrough and life and kindness. Go down Junction Street and everyone's just so generous and buying, everyone's just buying everyone everything and this is everything, different things. And it's just, you get off the train at Bomber and it's like, man, the atmosphere of heaven is here. This is God's normal. And he says today, this is the vision. He says, this is what I have for you. If you say yes if you choose to take it seriously. Don't worship the God of comfort. Worship the God of King of kings, Lord of lords. Say yes to the things of him. And this morning, that's just a taste test. The next Sunday is coming through. I'm going to be preaching and just building on this. Please, I encourage you, if you feel parched, God says he wants to fill you up. If you feel overwhelmed, God says he wants to cause his peace to come. If you feel broken, he says he wants to heal you. He is a good God. He is a good Father. He is amazing beyond measure. And we acknowledge you right now, Holy Spirit, and say yes to that. And we say yes, Lord. We will bring in our friends and our neighbours who are broken. May your healing touch be upon this house. In Jesus' powerful name. Thank you, Lord. The roar of revival. Many little rivers in this place together becoming a mighty roar. In the powerful name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we all stand to our feet in this place? And um, 
What we're going to do this morning is, um, can I get uh, Joey, maybe China if you want to come up and they're going to, and whoever, whoever you want, guys. We're just going to worship. And if you want just a fresh anointing for this year, a fresh, you know, touch from the Holy Spirit, hey, this morning we're going to pray for you. We've got some team ready to pray for you. And, and I encourage you, you know, you can be a spectator if you want or you can enter in and how do you do that? Just wherever you're sitting, whether you don't need to come out straight away, you can wait till there's room, but just worship. You don't need us to put oil on you. You can just have the anointing where you are. Anointing is a supernatural enabling to do what God has. The anointing of God, a breakthrough anointing for your life. And as you're getting prayer this morning, if you need specific prayer, just tell the person praying for you. Um, and we're just going to believe right now that God's going to move in a powerful way. If you're a parent here, what we're going to do is um, when the service closes, the kids come out, just bring your kids down. We'll pray for you as a family if that's what you're after. And if you're a cafe worker, come over one at a time while you're helping in the cafe. We'll pray for you. Same with the hosts and those types of teams. But yeah, let's just worship Jesus. So what I'm going to actually ask is we should maybe order this somehow. Maybe we'll start with the first three rows over here if you guys want to come and get prayer. And then once they get prayer for next you guys, and then we'll start start from the front. And... Or if you're hungry, you can push in and come down whatever you want. I, I, I don't really care. All right, let's just... So you guys, you want to come down, we're going to pray with you. Just line up along the front in Jesus' name. Let's just believe right now for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.